everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of the Nordic Football Podcast. Uh, I'm Steve Wiss, and at the moment, uh, I'm on my own here. So, uh, we've got a bit of a, an interesting episode for you, where which is split into a couple of sections. Fundamentally, our focus is on uh, the uh, Scandinavian teams in uh, actually in Europe this week, uh, in the Champions League and Europa League. In the first section, I'm joined by a guest, uh, from Bergen to talk about uh, Bran against Shamrock Rovers uh, in particular um, and a little bit of a focus into into Bran there. In the second uh, half of the episode uh, I'll be with my more uh, my usual co-host Jonathan Fadugba uh, in which we're going to be talking more in general about uh, Scandinavian uh, teams in Europe uh, overall and uh, a throwback to the past where we uh, talk about uh, the Royal League. So uh, if the Norwegian section isn't for you, you can skip straight away to about 27, 28 minutes into the podcast. But uh, hopefully you'll be with us for the whole show. Uh, sit back and uh, enjoy it. Joining me on the Nordic Football Podcast uh, this week is uh, Sean uh, Ruskeland uh, from uh, Bergen. Uh, nice to have you on board, Sean. How are you doing? Hello, Steve. Uh, thank you. I'm very, I'm very good. So I'm um, nice to to be here with you in the podcast. Yes. Uh, for those who uh, don't know, Sean is um, a big uh, Bran uh, Bergen fan. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at uh, skbran underscore en. So um, I mean, the big focus on this podcast this week is the um, the Norwegian teams in Europe. Uh, the time of recording right now, actually, Rosenborg are in action uh, away at Linfield in the uh, Champions League, They're leading one nil at this point in time. Um, um, they just went up two nil now. Two nil now. Yeah, in so, this very I mean, moment. I was watching a bit of this game um, for a, for a certain time, and it looked like a pre-season friendly to me. And uh, <laughs> it seems like it was come dressed as a seat day at Windsor Park. Uh, where are the fans? I don't know, but. Um, it's. I mean, they're, they're from the Northern uh, Irish League, and we actually uh, uh, the the teams that are left to play in Europe this round in the Norwegian related is Molder against KR Reykjavik, Cliftonville from Northern Ireland against Hogesund, uh, and Bran against Shamrock Rovers, and it's that game that we're going to focus on now because uh, you are, I do believe, a big strong follower of um, Bran, uh, Sean, uh, season ticket holder, or used to be a season ticket holder anyway. And um, how are things at the club right now, would you say? Yeah, first of all, I will just confirm that I've been a season ticket holder for yeah the last 12 years, I guess, so since I was um, 15. And yeah, the, in the club right now, um, well, there is kind of a mess, you might say. Uh, players are criticising the coach and uh, the results are not satisfying. Um, the attendance is quite low, but there is not like um, it's not as very bad uh, at, at all because um, yeah we are fourth or fifth in the league. Um, we haven't considered many goals the last couple of months, and yeah, so people are very divided on the situation. Yes, this um, I mean last season for those uh, regular followers of this league, Bram probably could and maybe should have won the league, um, actually in the end finished third. And, uh, I mean, the consolation prize is a place in, in, in Europe, in the Europa League. Uh, Ran will last there a couple of years ago, but the adventure didn't last very long. They were knocked out by Rusen Berwick. 
who I think yeah. are Slovakian side off the top of my head, somewhere in that vicinity anyway. Uh, yeah, and that that's was, right. A lot of people expected you to do better in that tie a couple of years ago, didn't they? Um, so now, I mean, the question, the first question I've got to ask you, and we've been asking this question out tonight, actually, is how important for the fans is it um, of these uh, teams in Europe? Do you really want, do you expect a, a good adventure in Europe? Do you prioritise it more than the league right now? For the fans, um, also there it's very divided because, uh, as you mentioned, in Winston Park now, the linfield Rosenborg game, um, <laughs> most of the seats are empty and so it will be for the Norwegian teams and brand as well uh, because most of the fans, they don't care unless it's like a famous Premier League side, uh, in particular Premier League sides uh, or Barcelona or yeah, the big teams of the Champions League. When it comes to, to smaller teams like um, this time Shamrock Rovers or last uh, two years ago, Rochambarok, um, well, I guess there will be maybe just a few few thousand tickets sold for the game. Uh, but for us, the, like the core of the fans, um, this is the the best thing that can happen to the club. Um, Europe, uh, the European Cup is yeah the most important thing. Okay, of course, winning the league would be better, but um, it means a lot to us. And just look at Salzburg uh, last year; they got to play to Besiktas and Malmo and again. In, uh, yeah, in the Europe League group stage. So it means a lot to us fans, the core of the fans. Yeah, I mean, I was going to ask, uh, do you take a lot of inspiration from the likes of Southborg and, and Ostersund? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the, it just shows you that uh, smaller clubs, I mean, you're bigger than those teams, really, let's be honest. Um, yeah. If, if those teams can make the group stage, then, uh, or, or even, you know, um, in the case of Ostersund, um, the last, uh, the first knockout round, then, it can be done, can't it? Of course it can be done, but uh, as it stands right now, I don't think it's very realistic at all. Um, because, yeah, the, the way the brand is playing right now, uh, it, it doesn't make me very optimistic for the upcoming uh, Europe League qualification. Okay, I expect us to advance or go through to the next round. But uh, after that... I'm not very optimistic, and I don't think the rest of the fans are either. Yes, but of course, of course, it can happen. It might, might happen, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's realistic at all. Yeah, we'll talk about Shamrock Rovers in a minute, but let's uh, first of all talk about the form in the league of uh, Bran. Uh, I, I I saw the game at the week at the last round. Uh, Bran nil uh, nil nil against uh, Mjøndalen. <laughs> And um, according to Scout stats uh, data, um, I've never seen this before, actually, in a Norwegian game, but Mjørndalen's expected goals for this game was exactly zero. They didn't actually have a single <laughs> shot. They didn't have a single shot in the game, Mjørndalen. They, they came uh, for, a, well, they parked a, a double-decker bus and a lot more. Uh, five men at the back, five, five, three, two officially, although I don't know where they get the two strikers from. In that, uh, and, and Brand just couldn't break them down. Um, and this is a problem, isn't it, for for, for Brand? There's just not enough uh, creativity in the side necessarily. Does that stem from the manager, or are the players in the squad just not available right now in terms of X factor and able to unlock defenses like that? I think um, both things might be correct. Um, first of all, Brand has only scored seven goals from eight home games this season. Uh, 
<laughs> and that tells you a lot of the, the state of the club and uh, the management and yeah everything. But um, I don't think the quality of the players is the problem uh, when it comes to, to scoring goals and creativity. Because Brand for the uh, last one and a half year, they spent 20 million Norwegian kroners. So that equals, yeah, uh, two million pounds uh, in, in attacking players like Dada Bamba, um, around eight million players last summer. And uh, Vetan Berisha, um, he also arrived for, uh, yeah, more than eight million kroner. And also uh, uh, Gilbert Komsun, uh, five million last year. So the <laughs> the quality of the players should be good enough, but I think it's more um, about the approach from the manager. Uh, he has a very def- um, defensive approach, and for him, it seems like the most important thing is to not concede goals. Uh, and uh, the um, the attacking play is is not pre- prioritized in the same way. Yes, so. Yeah. What, from a fan's point of view, what's the general consensus there then? Are they happy with with the manager? Uh, the brand fans like, are they accepting winning 1-0 week to week? Or do they want to see a more attacking brand of football like we did see in the past, say, you know, 10 years ago at Brand? The consensus is that there's no consensus <laughs> because <laughs> uh, some people support the manager and others, they don't support him and want him out. Um People are arguing every day on, on social media and yeah everywhere at workspaces and yeah about if it's uh, the right man for the club uh, the man the right man to take Brown uh, one step further and um, people they talk about uh, yeah he has done a lot for the club uh, brought them from um, a mid table side in the second tier Ubusliga uh, and won medals with Brown but people also not sure that he's the right man to to bring them to the gold medals or the titles yes um talking of the there's been some players that have openly criticized him in the media recently uh gilbert coomson was one of them um mm. yeah gilbert coomson he was taken off at halftime in the Hugerson match and uh, wasn't too happy about it doda bamba um well he uh said uh, some very interesting comments didn't he that uh the manager is very happy just to win one nil every week, and uh, but from a striker's point of view, he'd rather win four three. And he was saying that he got tons and tons of chances at Christiansen uh, when he was there, but he seems to get one good chance every five games at Bran. And that kind of rather sums up the team, doesn't it? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah it does. To, to to start those players and, and play attacking. Yeah, um, he called it uh, the football Bran place right now, and. Um, the approach from from Lars Anders Nelson, he called it brainwashing, and mm. yeah, of course he was obviously benched for the for the next game, and so was also uh, Gilbert Kumsun. Um, one day say that it was due to uh, another formation or tactical tactical perspective that they started off in a three five two, but I don't think that is true at all. Um, and yes, the manager seemed to, like I said, uh, he prioritized the defensive um, parts of the play uh, before the attacking parts of the play. So he's more more than enough satisfied with the 1-0 win rather than a, a 4-3 win, like uh, Dada Bamba said. The fans, well, uh, one thing there is consensus about is that Van is not playing 
entertaining enough and uh, that we are they're lacking goals and goal scoring opportunities. So I think that Dairabamba is completely right about what he said about uh, the, the approach from the manager. Who, who do you think your best three players have been so far this season, John? So far this season, well, it's hard to say. Uh, Patastan, the new signing, has been one of the most most uh, decisive players. And also, I think Veton Berisha, also a new signing, has been very good, despite not scoring goals. Uh, he has been used a lot on a, on a left winger. Um, and the third one, um, well... It might be a bit obvious to say his name, but uh, uh, Fito Vongor also has been good for one. Not as good as he was last season, but he's been good. He's uh, an inspirational leader, isn't he? Uh, very popular with the fans, Vito Vongor. Yeah, yeah, of course. There's recently been a, a new chant about him um, because of the uh, ongoing con- contract talks with uh, one. He's on an outgoing contract, expiring contract uh, after the season. So, of course, everyone wants to wants it to stay. Yeah, he's uh, a very, very popular figure there. So let's just move on to the Shamrock Rovers then. Um, I didn't really know a lot about them. I've done a bit of research on them um, today. Um, they're actually, one thing we must mention here, there's a big difference between the Irish League and the Northern Irish League. Nor- Northern Irish League... Uh, is in its uh, summer break at the moment, and they're only just starting back. Northern, the, the Republic of Ireland League, well, they're halfway through their championship. They've played 24 games. They're mid-season. And the uh, Shamrock Rovers are currently second in the league. They've played 24 games. They've won 15, drawn three, and lost six. Uh, only three teams have actually managed to beat them this year. Bohemians, Bohem- Bohemians three times, and Dundalk twice. And uh, Dundalk are by far and away the best side in the Irish League. So, I mean, it looks like Shamrock Rovers' biggest strength is defence. Um, they've only conceded 15 goals, uh, 13 clean sheets out of 24. And last year they uh, had the joint second best defensive record. So, well, I think we know what sort of side is going to come here. I mean, you've almost had a dress rehearsal with that Mjöndalen game, haven't you? Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, just when you when you were speaking about it right now, I was just thinking about the Mjöndal game. Uh, well, I don't know lot of Shamrock Rovers at all to be honest um, and yeah I don't know the, the balance of power between the Norwegian and the Irish League but I'm just seeing right now that Dundalk as you mentioned uh, the superior team in the Irish League are playing nil-nil against, against a Latvian team uh, at home so I think I would say that run our favourites and we, like they were against Mjandal and we can also uh, see a game like the Mjöndal game tomorrow. Um, I mean, I, I, you wouldn't be expecting a particularly uh, entertaining game tomorrow, but fans, uh, you, you will expect to win the game, won't you? Uh, or certainly get through over the two legs. If, if you didn't do that, that would be classed as a failure. Would you agree? Yeah, it will be classed as a disaster, I think. Mm. Um, if we don't manage to, to knock out Shamrock, I think more and more fans will be screaming for uh, Lars Arne Nelson to be sacked. I guess so. I, I, I'm not sure, but I guess it will be. It's a realistic scenario. And uh, yeah. 
Yeah, he. Um, I was reading on the Bram website um, something that the manager said today. He said that we're going to give them a tough fight. We have to play the best match this year to take them down, said Lars uh, uh, Anna Nielsen. I'm not sure about that one, but um, <laughs> he uh, he said they've been scouted religiously. We know exactly what to ex- expect. We're going to be uh, right on top of them. So it's a serious game for Bram. Um, for those who are interested, I mean, in some questions about how, how important these uh, Europa League games are for Norwegian sides, then um, then certainly, uh, you know, a big game. Just a word on Shamrock Rovers for any Irish fans who may be listening. Um we don't know a lot about your team, so if you want to tweet in and uh, give us some opinions, then feel free. But it looks like the most valuable player on transfer market is someone called Jack Byrne, central midfielder, uh, worth, uh, say, £1 million. Um, Alan Manus, the goalkeeper, 37-year-old, he's worth £300,000. And Sean Kavanagh, the left-back, is the, the third highest value player on transfer market. Uh, they are aside from South Dublin, so... Uh, um, interesting uh, matchup there, and uh, as I aforementioned, there's two other games that the uh, Norwegian teams are facing: Cliftonville from Northern Ireland against Argersund. Really, Argersund should be getting past them. Um, Cliftonville only finished fifth in their league last year, but interesting. Molder actually have a uh, a more tricky looking tie on paper than you might think. They're facing a side called KR Reykjavik, who are actually miles top of the Icelandic lead right, league right now, won nine out of twelve games. So it's a battle between the two top sides uh, from Norway and Iceland there, um, which may well be a, a better game than people uh, expect. So, so back to your club, um, Bran, uh, and back to your city as well, Bergen. Um, it's a word about the actual city because it's it's a strong footballing, strong footballing city and community, isn't it? There's a lot of passion there for the game. Yeah, uh, the slogan of the club is uh, "Real passion has a name, Bran," and it. Yeah, it describes uh, the city and the fans and yeah, the citizens of the city. And yeah, passion is something natural with uh, the supporters of one and the citizens in Bergen. Um, but uh, there's also a thing that, yeah, it might be relatable to every other city that people, they are not interested in watching the nail games. Um, although they are passionate, passionate about the, the club, they only come for like the big games. Um, the stands are, are empty. Okay, they're not empty, but there are thousands of empty seats there. And yeah, the, but yeah, the city is quite passionate about uh, football. And yeah, like we had a world bicycling uh, championship a few years ago when there were thousands, ten thousands in the street. And it goes the same for the football team. What sort of city is it in general then? Is there a good nightlife there? Um... What's the best bar to, to get a good drink at in uh, in Bergen? Well, to say about the nightlife, uh, Bergen, the the core of the city centre is quite small. So you, you can walk from the end of the city to the other end in maybe five or ten minutes. At least the core of the city where, where the shopping centres and the bars and everything is. Um, yeah, the best bar, well, um... <laughs> I'm not going out a lot, but um, at least the Brown fans, they gather at uh, f- the football pub named Football Pub. Um, and, but for nightlife, for bars, uh, well, it's hard to say because <laughs> I don't go out a lot. Yeah, so, uh, so the fans actually meet in a, in a pub actually named uh, the Football Pub. 
yeah, that's uh, ah, as easy as you get. That's, that's, that's absolutely brilliant there. And, uh, I mean, before we finish off, what, what, what are your expectations for the rest of the season uh, at Bran? Whereabouts would you like to finish in the league? And are there any signings that you'd um, want to be brought in in a particular area of the um, of the squad to, to strengthen it? Um, well, the um, <clears throat> my expectations for the rest of the games and the season, well... Um, I expect us to do to do better, uh, to get more points per game, score more goals. And right now we are fifth. Um, so I'd like to say maybe uh, a silver or bronze medal would be uh, good for the club and the fans. I don't think we can hope for, for gold medal or t- title this year. Um, but um, the most important is to, to see progress, uh, progress in the attacking play and... Uh, and keep some more clean sheets. There haven't been a lot this year. And to the transfers, mm, the hard thing to say about the transfer is, is that uh, I don't know what kind of players that will actually be improving the team. Like, um, uh, theoretically, there can be many players brought in to, to strengthen the team. Like they did um, this winter with the Vettel Berisha. Um, and... Uh, Christopher Lökberg, but um, when coming to the to the field playing games, um, we don't see that they are really strengthening the team because of the the manager's approach, and um, so we have players like uh, I know that Brand tried to to sign uh, Statkutripic from Viking, and also that they are looking for uh, Amola Juni from Budilimt. And they are top quality players in the latest area. But I'm not sure if they would strengthen the team at all. Um, but this position, the winger position, both of the aforementioned players are wingers, uh, attacking players. Um, it would be the most necessary spot in a, in a team to, to strengthen. Also, uh, if Fito Vomgo uh, doesn't sign a new contract, it will also maybe be necessary to, to sign a new central defender. Yeah, I mean the problem with 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 Brian, if you bring bringing these um, attacking players, are they actually going to be very effective? Um, I mean, if you look at, uh, I mean, I'll give you an example. Christopher Luckberg, he was brilliant last year for for Ranheim. Yeah, yeah. He hardly seems to get on the field now um, for for Brian. And you know, Coomson's another example. He was brilliant at Songdale, but he doesn't always seem to fulfil his potential potential at Brian and, and Bamba as, as well. It seems. You know, you could get Messi into this squad, and some other manager would, <laughs> wouldn't he? Um, but yeah. Um, <laughs> in, and finally, in terms of rivalries, um, there's a lot of clubs um, to have rivalry with Brand. But who, who are the ones that you really hate the most, and who do you want to beat the most out of anyone in the league? Well, first, just let me sum up the things you said about Kumsun and Bamba. The things that uh, is that um, when they played for Songdal and Kristiansen. Um, there were teams that um, didn't attack as much as Brandu, or <laughs> Brandu's not attacking very much uh, right now. But um, Songdal and Kristiansen, they are um, teams with uh, much more focused on defending uh, and counter-attacks. And Brandu, they try to dominate the game with possession, um, but the possession is <laughs> rather more destructive. And these two players are more brilliant in terms of counter-attacks than uh, the way Brown tried to play. 
So that's also a reason why I don't think that um, technical attacking players would uh, suit a Brandt team. Um, yeah, and rivalry. Uh, to me, or, and most of the fans, um, it, there are two teams, and that's uh, Wallanga and Rosenborg. And which team is the most important to beat? Well, it depends on who you ask. To me, it's Rosenborg. Very interesting. Yeah, what about teams on the West Coast like uh, Viking and, uh, and, and, and stuff like that? Are there any really big uh, hate towards them? Well, uh, Viking, they haven't been um, in the top of the table or like top and <coughs> upper half of the table for the last couple of years. So um, they are, they have been traditionally maybe the third or fourth uh, biggest rival. But the last couple of years, the rivalry hasn't been as big as it used to be. Um, but of course, it hasn't been as great as the, the Rosenborg and Wallenger rivalry. Uh, but of course, uh, Viking is from Stavanger, and uh, it's the second largest city in in the western Norway. So there is a natural rivalry between the cities and the clubs. Uh, also, Hogesen, uh, of course, they have performed a lot better the last couple of seasons, finishing in the top four position last two of the three years. So they the rivalry there has also become grown. Is a grown has become stronger. Uh, and of course, it is the geographically closest club uh, in Elite Serien to Bergen. And the last couple of years, the last two years, there have been from 1,300 to 1,500 uh, Brand fans at uh, the Hugesen game away. So, of course, the rivalry is uh, is growing with Hugesen. And it's, but it's more like uh, the game has been more like a, a party than a rivalry. Mm. And of course, you also have uh, Songdal, also uh, one of the closest teams geographically, but now they are in the, the Ubersliga. So, yeah, it's not like a rivalry, it's more like uh, a brother, a small brother. All right, well, thanks very much for, your, um, for joining us on the show, uh, Sean, and uh, any thoughts on, uh, on Brown in general. Uh, prediction then for the first leg against Shamrock Rovers, what are you going to say? Well, first, let me say thank you for having me here. And my prediction for most game, well, as we talked about, both teams are focusing on the defensive parts of play. And I think Shamrock will be uh, more than satisfied with a uh, nil-nil result. Uh, keeping, uh, no, sorry, uh, Brown will be lost on the list and will be happy with a nil-nil result, uh, denying them an away goal. Uh, but I think Brown should be a better side and my predictions are maybe a 1-0 win. Yeah, I think I'd uh, agree with you there. 1-0 uh, win, maybe a Vermgård penalty, perhaps. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The, uh, At least as a set piece. Yeah, so, okay. Well, thanks very much again. And, um, well, we'll maybe have you on uh, at some point in the future once more. But yeah. appreciate your, your time, Sean. Thank you very much for having me here. Welcome back to the Nordic Football Podcast. I'm Steve Wiss, and I have got my more regular partner 
in tow with me now, uh, Jonathan Fadugba. Johnny boy, how's tricks? Hi, Steve. And hi to everyone. Yes, uh, I'm well. And I'm glad to be back on the show. Good to uh, have you around here. So uh, in that first section, we've uh, talked about um, the Norwegian side of uh, the Europa League and uh, particularly uh, Brown against the Shamrock Rovers. So let's just talk about the Swedish involvement in uh, Europa League this week. Uh, well, in Europe in general, and it wasn't a great start, sadly. AIK uh, lost 2-1 away from home against Armenian opposition on uh, Tuesday night, which uh, was a bit of a shocker. They were one to two favourites with the bookies, uh, um, but they have at least got an away goal, John. Uh, I don't know if you saw that game, but uh, if, probably a disappointing result. Yeah, big disappointment. Uh, it's caused a lot of problems with the fans who are not too happy about that. I mean, uh, you know, the team they played against was an Armenian side, Ararat Armenia. And, you know, just to give you a bit of background on them or a bit of context, I mean, the game was played out in what looked like like a training field, actually. It looked, um, you know, like you know, like when you sort of play football, maybe 11 aside with your friends and there's like, you know, a series of, on pitch, pitch number eight. You know, that was, that's what the pitch looked like, to be honest. Like, you know, it's a nothing stadium. Um, and this is a club that was founded in 2017 uh, from Yerevan. They've got a very nice sort of uh, logo, which looks kind of like a, uh, almost like the sort of logo you'd expect to find on some hiking gear, you know, when you're about to go hiking for, for your hiking clothes. And um, very well branded, uh, you know, very neat design. But yeah, they're... Um, <clears throat> They're not much of a, a club, really, Ararat, in terms of the history. Uh, they started in 2017, as I mentioned, and came out of an academy, and, and they just, um, they've managed to beat, you know, the champions of Sweden. Yeah, I think AIK were played with 10 men for most of that match, didn't they? And uh, funny enough, it, I was just saying in the uh, in the early conversation with our guests today, about Linfield uh, Rosenborg uh, on Wednesday night, and that were the exact words I used. It looked like a pre-season match uh, on a in, in, on a training field, except it was inside a stadium where there were no fans. You can get all sorts of weird games um, at this stage of uh, of Europe, um, but yeah, okay, at least they've got an away goal. You would think they can probably turn it around. So um, on to Europa League uh, Thursday. There's two Swedish teams in action. Um, Hecken, they're already. Uh, they're in the next round already, Hecken. They've got AZ Alkmaar. They bypassed this round, but Malmo um, are facing Ballymina from Northern Ireland. We've come across them before, haven't we, on this podcast? And um, yet another Irish connection here. Norshipping travel to St. Patrick's. Um, both are very much odds-on favourites uh, to win this game. Malmo... They're as short as 1.05 with the bookmakers. Uh, goodness knows what the handicap is. I'm going to have a look at it in a minute. But uh, you would expect both clubs to um, to get through these ties uh, with relative ease. Well, <clears throat> we say that, but, you know, look at the error results. I mean, I never take for granted the Scandinavian teams, I think, in, in Europe, I'll be honest. Uh, I think although you have a level of expectation... It doesn't always seem to go the way you might think it would. So, you know, I take on board what you're saying there, Steve, but, you know, I don't think some of these games are really given. I mean, Malmo, I would certainly expect them to, to, to be very strong. 
Um, I think they'll come. They should come through. I'd be stunned if they didn't. The others, I just like I say, and you know, you can never be too too sure. Even even North shopping, um, you know, it's a question that we we will talk about shortly, and we've you know we've asked read uh, listeners on 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 Twitter, um, just about how Scandinavian teams, how seriously they take Europe at times in Norway and Sweden, because, um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to maybe see see a bit of a shock somewhere. As as Ara have, uh, have proven, yeah, it's interesting. St. Patrick's um, against Norshipping. Now, uh, St. Patrick's, John. Um, I've had done a little bit of research on them today. I had to do some research into the Irish League, which I'm not Rovers. And St. Patrick's, they're fourth in the league, um, uh, but they don't. They do struggle to score goals. Just 21 goals uh, in 25 games for them. Um, but it doesn't seem like they're one of the elite outfits um, in, in the Republic of Ireland League. So, North Shipping, you know, they're understandable favourites there. I mean, before we move on to this um, question we've been uh, doing on Twitter, finally, how far do you personally expect both of these two sides to go in Europe uh, this season? Particularly Malmö, um, obviously had that great adventure last term. Um, can they make the group stage at least again? Yeah, I think I think Mama can. I, I'll be honest; I haven't looked at their, um, you know, their overall um, their path. So who they could face in the next round, for example. I think it's a Serbian team, but I'm not sure. I uh, can't can't lie. I don't know about that. But I I can see them getting to the group stages potentially if they avoid if they avoid really big sides. I mean, who else is in the in in the who else is a potential opponent? Steve, you mentioned Roma. Yeah, Roma are the the highest ranked coefficient side. Um... I think um, I don't know who else. A lot depends who, who falls out of the Champions League qualifiers, doesn't it? Later on, of course. Um, mm. I always say if you want to, you know, make it through to these groups, you've got to beat at least one big side somewhere along the line. But you know, Malmo, you know, every chance uh, of, of going uh, going deep, um, and then that moves us on to a general sort of uh, question that we uh, we had on Twitter earlier. Um, I've just got to find the question. Now, here we go. Uh, this week, we have a question for you guys. We asked, uh, how important is European football for teams in, Scandinav in Scandinavia? Is it worth fully focusing on and sacrificing league form or an unwelcome distraction? Let us know your thoughts and also any questions for the show. And, uh, you know, that's uh, that question certainly got a few answers uh, on the board, didn't it? It did indeed. Yeah, and... Um... Do you want to read some of them out? I think I think there were some good comments there. To be yeah, honest, there were there were some very good comments. Um, uh, one of them from uh, our very own uh, uh, friend of the podcast, uh, Sean Constable, uh, had a reply. In my opinion, after being at a club uh, OFK who had done amazingly in the Europa League, it's massively important. It's also important to add points for each country when it comes to seeding for national teams. It all counts. That's the coefficient, of course. And, um, you know, these are very important in terms of league places that are available in Europe. So that was, I mean, what do you think about that, John? Because I had, I responded to Sean, actually. Um, I mean, it's like, say you're a Hammerby fan. Can you really cheer on AIK in Europe, um, even though you know it will potentially benefit your own side in the future? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. I think the dynamics... At the end of the day, I think the dynamics in <clears throat> Scandinavia are slightly different than maybe in England, for example, because of the simple fact that, you know, the, these teams kind of rely on the rest of them to do well. And, you know, it's a smaller nation. There's more chance of um, 
there's less chance of them really progressing in general. So maybe there's a bit of goodwill about it. But then obviously there's always rivalries, aren't there? I mean, how many how many teams in Sweden really want Malmö to do well at any point, uh, or any you know, or any team really? Um, ARK, etc. So it's a difficult one. I think from my point of view, I I think the coefficient is a big factor. I think the other thing that plays a part is obviously money. Um, teams going further offers them more chances to maybe get some money. But I think one of the problems with that is then you end up with leagues where one club tends to dominate. I, what I would really like to see is teams like North Shopping, uh, Hacken maybe getting to the group stages and just being able to pick up that guaranteed um, prize pool of money. I think that makes a big difference because it then allows those kind of teams to grow. What what I think is a really dangerous scenario is when you have Malmo or the champions, for example, I know Malmo are not champions at the moment, but um, a team like Malmo or Rosenborg who are consistently in the you know Champions League, for example, picking up the prize money, the big money. And don't forget teams, you know, for getting to the group stages, you're picking up almost one million pounds, um, even for games that you don't win. So, um, you know, and that if you win games, you get extra. If you draw games, you get extra. So, you know, there's so much prize money in those rounds. Um, when it goes to one team who don't, who is the dominant force, it, it really distorts the league. And you can look at any leagues around Europe. Serbia um, is another good example of that, maybe, and other, you know, Eastern European teams. Um, it, it can end up just completely distorting the league. And that is a big danger, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I agree with your points there, definitely. Um, it'd be good to see some other sides. I mean, Sartsborg last year got in um, a decent uh, run in uh, for, for Norway there, and, and we need to see more of that. There was a, a very good reply from uh, Thorleif Uyen. Um Extremely important, he says. Scandinavian football is a big seller's market. European money helps slow that talent um, hemorrhage a little bit and stabilise a weak football economy. And I couldn't agree more there, could you? It's um, a very good point. The, the team simply need the money. Yeah, I think that was an excellent point, actually. A uh, really, really good point and well put. Yeah, very good uh, point there. And uh, we've got uh, some of Ted, uh, Ted Cruz, my son, uh, Gave us a couple of uh, responses as well. Uh, one of them was, uh, ooh, let me just have a look. I feel like teams like Rosen Rosenborg and Malmo have gotten into this mode where they care more about qualifiers and the uh, European matches rather than the league because it comes easier with the teams that they have there, which is why Kara Britson got sacked. So he's making the point that the big teams um, really do uh, focus on these um on the European matches, but the smaller ones are not making as much of an effort. Again, probably true, isn't it? Yeah, one of the things I would really be keen to know from from listeners, uh, and I think we asked it on the, on on Twitter at Nordic Footpod, is you know, would you like your team to sort of throw league games? Not necessarily throw, obviously, but you know, focus on other other um, matters, you know, and maybe rest players for league games and instead and instead go for go for Europe. Um, because Malmo, for example, are in a, in a situation where, you know, they found it difficult in recent years. You know, they've played games like Vence Bills, Vilnius, Vardar. They've struggled. Uh, HB Tours, Ham, for anyone who remembers them. And, you know, they've tended to struggle. And a lot of teams haven't really got the balance right when it comes to um, to doing the league versus the, you know, 
the cup, the big cups in Europe. So I'd really be interested to know if, if you know, any big, if anyone follows a big team, for example, like an AIK or a, or a, or a Malmo, what would you what would you prefer? Because would you rather drop sort of six seven points in in in, the, in those four weeks uh, or so, preparing to get into the latter stages of the competition or the group stages, or would you rather you know say for example focus on the league and, and, and really go for it? I mean, if you look at a team like ARK for example, if they crash out now to Ararat, okay, they've got Europe Europa League as a as a soft, to soften the blow slightly, but um, it'd be a real shame, wouldn't it, for them? But you may you always wonder whether they'd rather lose a couple of league games and, and, yeah. and do it that way. Exactly. It's a very good point, that. And um, sometimes I think it absolutely must be, would be really worth sacrificing uh, some points in the league because they're probably going to finish reasonably high again anyway. And if you have a good run going forward, the future, you can really build on that. Um, I mean, we've seen Malmö do it before, haven't we? Have a good run in Europe but don't win their league that season. The next year, they always win the league again, so... Um, some other uh, replies we had, the Berisha show, for the leagues to improve their exposure, they need to have clubs performing well in European competitions. Yeah, another good point there. And then a really interesting one, which we're going to elaborate on, uh, from Robert Car uh, Carwardine, uh, he's a Trumpster fan. They need to be playing against better opposition to improve. I honestly believe a Northern European league would be beneficial to Scandinavian football. Uh, say, for example, Scotland, Norway, Sweden and Denmark, maybe Finland. And uh, Ted uh, Cruz uh, agreed with that. Uh, and he said, uh, I agree with this. And it somehow got shut down a few years back. It'd be awesome to see Rosenborg and Helsinki play again. Well, this did happen in the past. It was something called the Royal League, uh, wasn't it, John? And you've been looking into it. Yes, indeed. And... Um... You know, I was fascinated by this, to be honest. So gather around, everybody. We're going to have a little bit of a, a dip through memory lane. And we're going to introduce you, for those who aren't aware or for those who are aware, a bit of reminiscing about the Royal League. So I'm just going to give you a few bits of information about it and, you know, just just, just dwell on it for a second. And we'll, we'll have a little chat between ourselves. The Royal League, founded in 2004 and abolished in 2007. A three-year project. Uh, it was dubbed the very best of Scandinavia, uh, the tagline, and it was an annual Scandinavian football tournament that was held three times a year, uh, three times, sorry, in, 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 in its existence between teams from the Scandinavian countries of Denmark, Sweden and Norway. This was a tournament that kind of took place at the end of the regular domestic seasons for Norway and Sweden, um, although obviously in Denmark it was mid-season. And it involved the four best placed teams in the leagues of those countries uh, who participated in the tournament. Now, as you might expect, uh, the Danes were dominant uh, in this competition. The winners of every single edition of this Royal League were won by the Danes, uh, Danish teams. FC Copenhagen won it twice. And Brunby were the winners of the final ever edition of this Royal League. Now, there were a couple of teams in Sweden and Norway who made it to the finals. Uh, EFK Göteborg in the first edition, and they lost on penalties in 2005 uh, to Copenhagen. And Lillestrøm made it to the final in 2006, where they lost again to Copenhagen. But uh, and then 2006-7, the games, the, the format for this was a group stage format, and then obviously qualified and went through. Um, 
and in the final edition, Denmark uh, had both finalists with Bromby beating FC Copenhagen. The interesting thing with this tournament, I found, Steve, is, you know, we talked about this now, and there's a lot of people talking, and, and I think I remember a few weeks ago, uh, we had a number of people commenting that maybe is there a potential to see a Scandinavian uh, or a sort of Nordic league happen again. But one of the things that stands out here is that this tournament wasn't actually that successful in terms of attendance figures. I'm just going to give you a couple of stats on this now. So, um, yeah, I mean, in the first uh, few seasons, the all-time average attendances by the country, it began in 2005 with average attendances of 5,000 um, and just 3,950 games in Sweden. Um, and it dipped massively in the second season down to 3,000 average attendance, 3,746 uh, before it rose again in 2007 to sort of roughly 5,000, just over 5,000. But the league was not successful enough in gathering kind of interest, sponsorship um, to to continue. And so it was announced in 2008 that the tournament was stopped uh, as the TV rights were not sold and the tournament effectively was ended there. Um, whether this is just because the Danes were too dominant, who knows? But Steve, I've got a question for you because, and also for listeners, I wouldn't, I'd be interested to hear if any of you have a guess on this or uh, if you know it off the top of your head anyway. But uh, Steve, the all-time Royal League statistics table, there were 23 teams who participated in it in, uh, in all countries. Can you name me the second best team Copenhagen was the best, number one, won it by miles in terms of points they accrued over their games played. Um, but can you name me the second best team? Well, the logical answer for that would be Brundby, wouldn't it? So I'll tell you now that it was not a Danish side. So it's Norway or Sweden. Oh, God. Um, I used to bet on this tournament <laughs> years ago. God, I'm showing my age now, aren't I? Um, whoa, let's say... Twenty-five uh, games, won 12, drew 7, lost 6. So they're in it every year. I'll, I'll have to say... What did you say uh, IFK Göteborg got to the final one year? So I'll say then. Unfortunately, you are wrong. <clears throat> Not a bad guess. EFK in the all-time table are fifth, but they only played in two of the editions. Uh, the second best team in terms of points accrued, obviously they didn't win any titles, uh, is Valerenga, who was in every edition and wrapped up 43 points in total behind Copenhagen in uh, 56. Mm. Yeah, they they won the league in 2004, I do believe. Um, they ended Rosenborg's 13-year dominance or whatever it was. Um, yeah, the team's... Um, just to run through some of the teams from the Norwegian and Swedish leagues, because as I mentioned, you had to be in certain league positions in the table to, to qualify. So in Sweden, we had EF Core, uh, Malmo, Eurogarden, Malmo were only in one of the campaigns, uh, Helsingborg, Hammerby, Elsborg, Halmstad, Kalmar, and AIK. And the Norwegian team took part in this competition, Valerenga, as I mentioned, who were in it three times, Lillestrøm twice, Bran, Rosenborg, Lynn Oslo, remember them? God, yeah. IK Start and one other team, and they were the worst ever team in this competition, by the way. 
uh, with just two draws from six games. Can you name them, Steve? Yeah, I think it was Trumser. You're bang on. You got it there. Yeah, I think they finished second one year in the league, so that would have entitled them to uh, qualification for it. Lynn Oslo, my word, we're uh, rolling back the years now, aren't we? And, of course, Halmstad and, and Kalmar. I remember when Kalmar won the league, I think it was about 2005, and Halmstad was second. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, you're right. And then in Denmark as well, as, uh, aside from the big two, I'm being covered in FC Micheland, Odense, uh, Esberg, Aalborg, Viborg, uh, and that made up the you know, the the 23 participants. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, what what are your thoughts on that one, Steve? I mean, I'll tell you one thing that really interested me: the top the top scorer in the 2004-2005 season. Is still playing today. His name is Marcus Rosenborg. <laughs> he hit seven goals in that tournament, 14 years. Um, used to have a striker. Uh, what was it? I bet he's on the scoring charts. He was really, he was really. Ole Martin, oh no, um, bloody hell. Who, was there any Valaranga scorer in the sort of in the scoring charts of all time for that well, league? Spurs fans, anyone who supports, uh, supports Spurs would know him because he was a great. Uh, Export from the, that league they had Stefan Everson, a great Dane. Oh, yeah, cool. Oh, no, Norwegian, sorry, what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, he played for Spurs and he was uh, Valerenga's top scorer in that competition that season. Yes. They, they also had another one who, um, around that time, who did well. I forget what his name is. He was an old dog. He played on until about 2007, 8, I think. Ah, um, oh, it's going to do my mm. head in now. I have to Google that later. But, uh, and yeah. there, were two, there were two group stages and then the final, by the way, just to, just to let listeners know who might not be aware of this competition. Uh, and prize money was roughly sort of 7 million uh, Norwegian krona um, if you made it all the way through to the final with a perfect record. Uh, 3 million Norwegian krona for winning the final itself. Um, so, yeah, as Ted Cruz has asked there, Ted Cruz, my son and a few others, Steve, what would you think to reviving that? I mean, I found it fascinating, to be honest. I think it's, you know... Could it work again in today's age? Would it would it be dominated by the Danes again? Would would any teams like Malmo maybe fancy themselves? You know who would who would make that league? And you know it's uh, an interesting one. I think would it would it improve the quality? I guess my question for you is: Would it improve the quality of Scandinavian football? Because that's think, really the mo- main thing. Mm, I think the problem with the with the European qualifiers at the moment, unless you're in a really big team, really big league, you're never really going to go that far. There's so many limited spots in the Champions League now, for example. It's 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 just impossible for some of these smaller clubs to qualify. And, and Europa League is not much easier, really. Um, so the good thing about this is I think it'd be competition where teams would probably fancy themselves of winning. They'd be, they'd be playing more against sides of their own level. Obviously, the Danes have a, a little bit more quality there, but... It wouldn't be like to a ridiculously high level. If it was me, maybe why not invite um, a couple of Finnish sides in there, and maybe the Icelandic champions could come in, um, or even the champions from the Faroe Islands too. So uh, then you could make it, um, you know, a really happy family, couldn't you? But you know, there wasn't really much interest before, was there? Maybe because of the time of year it was played in. Um, but uh, it would certainly be intriguing, wouldn't it? Would it in- improve Scandinavian quality? Well, if there was uh, obviously decent money on offer, then that would uh, help, wouldn't it? But uh, you've got to wonder where they'd get good sponsors from in this day and age. Um, but a very intriguing idea, idea for sure. 
Maybe maybe we should sponsor it. Another podcast and get some banners around the around the pitch side. That'd be pretty good, wouldn't it? Um, One day you have that, do you? Just to um, just for a bit of fun, looking at last season's tables, um, if we applied the sort of top four model uh, as uh, as was done before, Hammerby, Malmo, North Shopping, and AIK would make up the first new edition of the Royal League. You would also have in Denmark from last season's top four: Bromby, Edinburgh, Mitchelland, and FC Copenhagen once again. And then in Norway, you would have Haugesund, Brand, Molde, and Rosenborg. And I think Molde and Haugesund were not in those uh, 23 teams, so they'd be in it for the first time. And then let's say for fun, we take the top team, top two teams in Finland, which were HJK Helsinki and Rovaniemi. And then, where else would we go, Steve? Well, I think the Icelandic champions were Valur because they were playing tonight in the Champions League. And I'll be honest with you, I don't actually know who the champions of the Faroe Islands were. But I suppose if you're going to invite an Icelandic team in, it'd be only fair, wouldn't it? Yeah, Valur. That'd be that'd be interesting. I think they, did they play today or was it... yeah, they lost. I think to um, Maribor. I think, or well, they were yeah. losing to Maribor anyway. Yeah, so that would be uh, that would be your makeup of teams, and then um, yeah, be you know that'd be quite well, interesting. Interesting to see how it went, wouldn't it? You know, uh, as I say, I think that the good thing about it is you wouldn't be getting a situation where you like get a really sort of like you know Roma against uh, Norshipping or something like that, where it's just such a, a massive, massive difference in class. You know, you you feel like the games would be more potentially evenly matched. And when you get someone like Rosenborg against, say, Malmö, then that's a proper tie, isn't it? Well, it'll be, you'd have some plum ties, wouldn't you? I mean, and just, just to point out there, um, <clears throat> the champions of uh, Faroe Islands are Havnar Botfelag. Botfelag so it's a mouthful. I don't know how they'd get on. Uh, it's a big footballing nation, the Faroe Islands, you know. I, would, I read an article about them uh, a couple of months ago. They're absolutely mad on football up there. I'm very sure they. I'm very sure they are. Yeah, um, and they might enjoy club football a bit more than sort of international football, where they're constantly getting heavy defeats, aren't they? But um, yeah, I don't know how they would do. I'm not sure if they played already in the Champions League and been knocked out. Uh, they played. I don't even really know to be honest with you. But uh, I, I was reading uh, a betting selection uh, on a, a betting tips website last night, and someone called that side a bunch of fishermen. Um, so oh, I get this was that this would actually be a Royal League league game because they played HJK. Oh um, yeah, got be, yeah, three 0 wasn't it? That was it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this week with uh, Daniel O'Shaughnessy as the man of the match, apparently uh, an HJK player. Uh, yeah, they lost that game three 0 and maybe you know we'll see what they do. So now. if we invited the two, the top two from uh, Finland in. What chance of uh, getting uh, Tor Torlison's HIFK in there? Well, I think in the league they are currently uh, not doing. They're not in the top four, that's for sure. Top two, they are eighth at the moment. Three wins and ten goals scored in their thirteen games. Oh, I uh, thought they were going to be having a go. And um, yeah, so they they wouldn't be in it as it stands, but um, 
Ilva's the top of the league in, in, in Finland at the moment. Yeah, well, Royal League then. Uh, why not? Um... HOFK, by the way, have had unders in every single game this season except one. And they weren't going to park the bus, were they? No. So uh, there you go on that one. That's an interesting one. But yeah, there wouldn't be... Um, they wouldn't be in it, but those teams would. So, Steve, who would win the Royal League if it was brought back as the sort of Nordic football podcast league? Probably uh, FC Copenhagen again. Well, they're, they're the best side, aren't they? Um, so, but you never know, do you? Uh, but I, I feel like the Danish league is not quite as as advanced compared to what it used to be. It's still the best league in this region, but I don't think it's as as, as dominant, perhaps, as, as, as it would be historically. Well, they're a very good team. I uh, see Copenhagen won the league last season, and, you know, until they'd actually had the title pretty much done, they lost the last three games. You know, they were very good for long parts of the season. So, yeah, you could be right on that one. I think um, that kind of wraps it up. Yeah. It doesn't really in that yeah. I would love to hear from any listeners who would know or want to give their opinions on their own team in Europe and how seriously they take it. Do they enjoy it or do they feel it's a distraction? And also, who they think would win the Royal League if it was brought back as a Nordic Football Podcast League? And who uh, would make the finals, maybe? Yeah, it would be very interesting. But, uh, yeah, fascinating little episode there, John. And uh, I hope uh, you all found it uh, very interesting. Uh, and I'm sure we'll be back again sooner rather than later. We will indeed. Next week, we've got a guest lined up, I believe. We'll have more on that if we manage to tie them down. And that's it, really. Yeah. Okay, well, take care, everyone, and we'll uh, see you again very soon. You can follow us on Twitter at Nordic Football and Facebook, Nordic Football Podcast, or hit the subscribe button. And one thing I want to ask of everyone, if you enjoy the podcast and you listen to it on iTunes, please give us a review and give us a rating because it does help boost us up those charts. That would be very nice. Do that. Do us a favour there. Thank you very much. And uh, see you around. Goodbye, everyone.